Welcome everyone to the Wealth and Business Podcast. My name is Kevin, I'm the co-founder here of Property Wealth Education. And on this episode, we decided to do something differently. Now, I've been working with Dan for the last couple of years, and there's some key things that he does, right, in terms of when it comes to raising finance. And I thought, you know what, for this episode, let me ask him some key questions that people have been asking him and from the, get him to explain some of these key tips on how to raise finance and the portals of raising finance. So not to waste any, not to waste too much time. Let's get into this episode. Dr. Dan, how you doing, man? You alright? Hey, <laughs> how's it going? It's good, it's good. It actually feels different <laughs> to, to be the host of this episode. Yeah. Um, you know, we've done over 50 episodes. I'm usually the one behind the scenes. But today, you know, we did something different. So it does feel weird being in, in the host seat when this, you're usually doing it. So uh, you're usually interviewing people, but today I'm interviewing you. How, how does it feel for you, bro? For me, it's, uh, it's quite interesting because um, over the years, I have interviewed hundreds of people yeah, yeah. and I've also been featured on other people's podcasts, you know, being interviewed. But in terms of us, you know, as a, as a team, mm. I think, you know, one of the things we wanted to always to make sure it's happening this year is where you now obviously interview me and it allows me to kind of give value back uh, to our audience, people who have obviously helped us grow this channel, mm. you know, help us to kind of increase the reach. So to actually get into a few of the principles that I teach here at Property Wealth Education, especially for someone like myself who was, you know, in 2016, you know, 2017 as an Uber driver to getting started in property, controlling other people's property, and then eventually acquiring my property to go another way to becoming a millionaire, you know, with a net worth of over, over 7 million pounds right now. So, I mean, it makes sense to just kind of being able to talk about specifics of those journeys that would enable someone who were in the same position as me, you know, over the last seven years can actually take a few steps that I have taken, you know, apart from just being in a coaching environment where yeah. I really do that really well, in a coaching environment where I coach people to, mm-hmm. to do exactly the steps, but obviously to give those value back to those who are listeners on the channel. Yeah. I think on this episode, the, the, the one thing I want to do is to really deep dive in terms of what we do behind the scenes, especially what Dan does behind the scenes as a, um, you know, property coach and a mentor and handling, you know, um, a decent amount of students that we've got as well. Um, because as you know, with social media, you know, it makes you all glam, glamorous, easy peasy, but, you know, me and you work day in and day out, you know, Monday to Sunday, even at times. And these are some of the things we don't really show people. What, what we're trying to do now is, obviously give you guys and show you guys, you know, what we actually do behind the scenes and why we do it, but also to show that, you know, it requires hard work. And one of the things you always say when we have our master classes is that this is not get rich quick scheme. Yeah. Does that make sense? So we always make that clear. But it's about time to 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 you know for us to share some of the secrets that, you know, we do behind the scenes to make sure that we're consistent. And we're 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 always putting ourselves out there yeah. um, to showcase that you know we are doing what we're doing. Yeah. So so my first question to you now is, you know, there's a lot of challenges that you know people come across that you've been or that you've come across yourself from being an entrepreneur for over 22 years. What are some of the things that has kept you to continue to persevere through the challenges and the hard times? For example, today we did a training where one individual said, you know, I've got to sort out childcare, I've got to do this. And they would just come up with excuses. So 
with you. I'm sure throughout your journey as an entrepreneur, throughout all those 20 years you've been, 22 years, I believe it is, yeah. you've been an entrepreneur. How have you been able to, you know, surpass all the challenges and anytime you had your time, uh, your, your face, your back against the wall, how have you been able to kind of, you know, persevere and push through? I think for me, one of the things I've learned in my 22 years of entrepreneurship, you know, when I started, when I started a business, I didn't know this was entrepreneurship in the first instance. But as I kind of look back now and I can count the years backwards and I can see how much I've actually grown and I've seen how much have, you know, of the person I have become. But the 22 years we're talking about here wasn't successful throughout the entire 22 years. I only became successful since 2017. You know, since 2017, I actually saw myself become, you know, every single day, I just started to take steps towards growth. Obviously, it's not the same for everyone. And, I, you know, a few challenges was, first of all, when I first came to this country about 20 years ago, I, I didn't have the opportunity to be in the right environment. Uh, when I first came to this country 20 years ago, I had taken different types of bad decisions, made different types of, you know, limiting, you know, I have, I have grown myself in this, you know, web of limiting beliefs, whereby, first of all, as a black man, as a Nigerian, you know, as an immigrant, there's certain things that you just feel like you cannot do. And there's certain things that you feel like, okay, that will never work, you know, and you're surrounded by people that will tell you that don't work for people like us. You're surrounded by people who you even love the most. So even the, you know, the wife, the, the, you know, the, 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 the family, people around you saying, okay, specific things like this don't work for people like us. So over that years, I have built a mindset that, okay, I was going to become successful anyway, but I didn't know how. I think I'll now bring it back to just about the last seven years. So in 2015, most of, most people who are listening to this episode of this podcast knew you know, seven years ago, 2015, I lost a business in Nigeria. I lost a business, you know, that was doing, you know, significantly well. I lost over 150,000 pounds. When I lost 150,000 pounds, you know, I went into anxiety. It wasn't easy. I went into anxiety, like really chronic anxiety from that into, you know, going to depression, you know, and being in a place where my marriage, you know, it wasn't all that as well at that time because when you're going through certain challenges in life, that will also be an, you know, be an issue. So I went through that. Now to now begin as an Uber driver, so delivery driver first, then Uber driver, and eventually gradually getting started in property, you know, due to a revelation I had, you know, from, from, from a dream, you know, orchestrated by God himself. So for me, I've been through all those different challenges of life to actually become you know, the success I've become now. But one thing I've learned basically is that Rome was not built in a day. That's number one. Number two, as an entrepreneur, if you go back and actually look through a lot of, for now, because I study a lot of successful people, someone like Elon Musk is one of my inspiration. Someone like Jeff Bezos is one of my inspiration. Someone like Richard Branson is one of my inspiration that I can actually relate to their story. Unfortunately, a lot of African successful business owners don't tell their story enough. In fact, I don't really know enough African, you know, or black property, uh, you know, you know, wealth creators who are becoming one of the world's biggest reading the book. So we have the, the richest black, you know, the richest black man on the planet. All right. 
is from Nigeria, mm. Aliko Dangote. Mm. All right, the richest black man in Africa, black man on this planet, is basically Aliko Dangote. Aliko Dangote has never actually written a book. Mm. So, yes, when it comes to where we're from, these people could have inspired us. But because they haven't written a book, they have never designed a masterclass, or neither have they actually gone out there to tell their story thousand or one times so you resonate with a lot of people like us. So we, it, the only kind of where we get our information from has been, you know, what we see, you know, especially within the music industry, the, the you know, the, you know, you know, Nollywood, in, in like a movie and as, as well as the Afrobeat industry, Afrobeat is doing so really well. So for me, a lot has had to happen that I had to learn so much from whereby I thought this thing wasn't for me until I literally started to develop myself through all these different inspirators, coaching, mentorship. The biggest challenge first is that time will never be perfect. Yeah. Right? Time will never be perfect. The moment you discover who you are, who you want to become, and you find a path to leading you to who that person is that you want to become, as long as you understand in your mind that time will never be perfect, anyone can do it. So I give another example now. Another example is when I learned property and I learned how to create wealth, I didn't have the money. Yeah. Yeah, we'll I never had the money uh, for me to even start to pay and invest for mentors who, who taught me what I know today. I didn't first even have the money. I, I shared this story over and over again where I said, the first time I ever paid for information, you know, it was 70 pounds. It was the last credit card, last, last 70 pounds I had on my credit card. So... I think for me, all these challenges are just there. So you're even up to your kids, mm. you know? So sometimes my son plays football, right? Yeah. And and I've never actually personally gone to to take him to football mm. on a Saturday because I'm doing a masterclass. Obviously, over the last couple of years, my wife is in that position where she can take him mm. to football while, while I deliver a masterclass. So it's in between making whatever you need to make happen and also, obviously, sacrifices. So there's a lot of different types of roller coasters. Maybe as we go through this conversation, I can break that down instead. So I think the most important part is, before we go and probably, you know, go to the next step or next conversation in this, in this episode is, have a dream, know your why. Yeah. Have a dream, know where, you know, you know, you know, know your why. And it goes like this. Know where you are now. Understand fully where you are right now today. All right, and know where you're going. As long as you have these two things, know where you are now and knowing where you're going and doing whatever it takes to get there, then all these different mind-blocking situations around that would clutter you up will completely be defeated. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know what I said just then, <clears throat> and I think, you know, I just want to go back a little bit and I want you to give or share a tip to somebody that maybe has started something and has lost all of it and the back is against the wall. Now it's easy to say, okay, yeah, just you know, think ahead of the future of where you're gonna be, what you wanna do, so that you're in that constant mind frame in terms of this is where you're going, right? But what is one tip or one thing you can say, right, to somebody who right now their back is against the wall? What is it can they do? What are some three things they can do to start elevating themselves to get to where they want to get to go? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, what is the practical step? Because it's easy to say, you know, just go and do that, you did this, you know, but back then you never had this mindset you've got now. Does that make sense? So what are 
someone that you maybe two or three tips you I think, to someone like I think it's growth actionable steps I, that they can do I think it's growth I say this all the time and I think I can't say it enough I'm in my early 40s now mm. right if you're not growing you're dying yeah. yeah I think a lot of people don't grow you know a lot of people yes when I mean growing people people eat good food maybe go exercise and even people get entertained by information. The truth is, if you're not growing, you're literally dying. So you have to get into this mindset to grow. And for me, what really has helped me get against the wall, what has continued to drive me is to, first of all, grow in God, yeah. all right, and then grow in wisdom. Mm. All right, so grow in God, grow in wisdom, and take endless actions. So, um, I realized that I would, I, I didn't have to have the money to do ABC. So I've positioned, I've positioned myself in a situation where I have become a person of value so that automatically the money will come to me. So you can't pour from an empty cup. Somebody might have a cup filled. So that the cup filled here in this situation is money. So somebody can have two, three hundred thousand pounds in their bank account. All right, and actually wants to invest it and don't know what to do with it. If your cup is empty, you can't bring value to that person that's got the 300,000 pounds to want to buy into you, invest into you to grow a business or to build a business or to maybe even acquire assets that, you know. So for me, I had to learn to grow. I had to learn to bring value. I had to learn to create a win-win. I had to learn to be a very creative individual. Yeah, yeah. Very, very creative individual. And if you dig deeper and if you look at all the great entrepreneurs out there, if there's one biggest, if there's one biggest, you know, character you see around them, they create. Like this. And it's that creation. You can have an idea, but if you cannot create anything with the idea. Do you know how many people get so much ideas in their life? Execute on it a lot, a lot. But people still struggle to create it. So, I think is the the ability to create that really helps you, you know, you know, overcome your back against the world. When I was an Uber driver, I was driving eighteen hours a day, over one hundred and fifty hours a week. My back was head against the wall. Whilst I'm driving there as an Uber driver, I wanted to quit. I wanted to stop doing everything else, and never in my life again venture into entrepreneurship. But my mindset of creativity did not shut down. So instead of accepting my, my position, my mindset of creativity continued to, to, to erupt like a volcano. Mm, mm. You know, so it's, it's you pushing yourself beyond the limit. It's you pushing yourself beyond boundaries. It's you doing whatever it is when you don't want to do it. There are times where I've been, you know, I, 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 I ask myself, why do I need to do this? But like I said, when when you have a strong why, and besides, I've lost everything before. Mm. I've lost it once. I've lost it twice. I've lost it three times. But obviously, the Uber driver was the one. The the last time I ever lost everything, building everything back, was the Uber driver situation. Yeah. 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 You know. But the fact is that you have, as a human being, to learn to grow. Because it's your growth that leads you to immerse success. 100%. 100%. Yeah, again, there's a lot you mentioned there. 
And um, I want to relate some of the ideas and creativity now into property. Now, as you know, we've got a coaching company. There's a lot of people that are held back or stop taking action because of, you know, they not have the finances there. And one of the things that you teach, we teach is, you know, the importance of always raising finance, to always be raising finance. Now, what would you say, you know, the importance of raising finance is and how can someone, you know, overcome, what, how, what are the different types of raising finance that somebody can do if their back's against the wall and, and they're stopping them to get started in property? What are some of the things that, you know, you don't mind sharing the audience in terms of what they can do? to get their property ladder started or get themselves on property ladder and property journey started? First of all, one of the reasons why I've become quite, you know, quite good in raising finance and become a master of it is I've come to realize everything is made up. In life, everything is made up. This microphone we're using right now is made up. The camera watching me right now recording this is made up. The car that you took to come from your house to the studio today is made up. My question to you as an investor is, what are you making up? Mm. What are you making up? The reason why you're not making something up is because you have no knowledge. Mm. If you have knowledge, you can make something up. So another example of making something up is I got knowledge about rent to rent. I wrote a book about it. I didn't just write a book because I learned about it. I wrote a book about it because I know step-by-step mm. of how to build, so for how to start, grow, and scale the rent-to-rent business. And I wrote a book about it. Now, before that, I didn't understand the power of knowledge. So, when my back is head against the wall, the knowledge is what pushed me through. When I don't feel like taking action, the knowledge enables me to have a decent conversation with someone else. I'll give an example in a situation I found myself once upon a time. I was buying a property about a year or two ago, about naturally about 18, probably about 18, 19 months ago. Yes, about 18, 19 months ago, I was buying a property. Investor number one agreed initially that, oh yeah, I'm ready to join venture with you as a joint venture you know, partner. We're going to do this deal together. We needed about half a million pounds to do the deal. So he said, I will bring 300,000 pounds. We agreed. Contract signed and everything else. Boom. Money in the bank account. A couple of days later, he said something happened in Bangladesh. He had to travel back. The money had to be given back to him. Because he explained deeply what's happening. That we, like, I know you've not, I know you've not paid, paid, paid for the property. You've not sent the money to the solicitor. I, I have to pull out this deal. Like, I spoke to him, I spoke to his wife. In the end, that deal got through, fell through. Mm. So the money fell through, not the deal. Yeah. The power of knowledge. I then go and speak to the second investor. I then made an offer. This time around, it was, again, it was also, okay, now, because I, I really can't lose this deal. The deal then goes from, okay, how much can you bring in? The first one gets 300,000 pounds. The second one said, okay, I'll give you 150, which is half of the money to, you know, that the previous person has give, had given me. Mm. A couple of days later, again, this person was taking too long. Deal, you know, the deal fell through. The power of knowledge. I go to the last person who was now on my radar, who I was due to pay back his investment, or rather his loan agreement to myself. Mm. And I said, listen to the situation I am in right now. You know, I need to acquire this asset. This is how much I'm going to be losing. This is how much I'm going to be making as well. If I don't go ahead with this, how much I'm going to lose? 
But if I go ahead with this, I'm going to make be making. Now, the fact is credibility kicks in because this individual had been working with myself for already two years prior. Knows, yeah. So in this case now, he said, oh, you can keep the money for another, how long do you need it for? I said, actually, I only need it for about six months to a year. He's like, okay, I'll keep the money for another one year. I didn't use that money that was meant to pay back the investor to yes, go through onto the next deal. That, 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 that's creativity there. Most people would oversee that. Does that make sense? In yeah. terms of, okay, how can I restructure what I apparently got to make what I'm about to do work? Does that make sense? So Regardless. That's yeah. Right yeah. So investor one pulls out, investor two pulls out, investor three gets it all together for me. Mm. Now, investor three gets the deal together for me. And then I end up acquiring the assets. So now I've acquired the assets and I'm like, okay, now when do I need to do the refurb? Okay. Not every single time. Sometimes you have to go into the refurb straight away. Sorry, where? Yeah. Right? I said, okay, what I'm going to do very quickly is let me just do a little bit of like 20, 30K spend That's so I can true. just probably keep this house aside for a while. And I'll deal with it later. Mm. And one of the reasons why I was so passionate about this particular project is already I bought a house on the same road mm. for £435,000 and get revalued at £700. Mm. I got another property on the same road that I bought for four fifty. all right, that was worth my fifty. I had another property again in the same location mm. that we, you know, that I bought for 400000 and I got revalued for about 800000 so The case study was strong. It was the right property, you know, and I... I already had a vision about that specific location. So what do I then do? After acquiring these assets, I then bring in another investor in, show them exactly what I'm trying to do, and I tell them exactly how much I'm trying to, to raise. And over the over the last couple of months, I then went in to now, you know, doing the, you know, getting to the project, you know, walking through. So in business, you have to be building, you have to be expanding, not just in property specifically, yeah. you have to be expanding your network. That's mm-hmm. number one. Number two, you have to be a person of value. Number three, you have to have the knowledge that is required. And you have to continue to expand your network. A lot of people get into property or get into business and thinking that, oh, I, I will never need help from anyone. I will never need to, you know, I will never, you know, you know, do it all by myself. I can do it all by myself. No, you can't do it all by yourself. You need people. You need to be a person of value mm. and you need to be somebody who is creative. Mm. It's creativity that makes, the money. that makes the money. Everything I've ever built in my business from the very get-go when I started this journey, I have never had the money to do it. <laughs> it, it you know, I just said 70,000 where it began from. Mm. That was a leverage. And it was a leverage on credit card. Gotcha. Now, the fact is some people who are listening to this right now would rather spend the 70 pounds to go and have a lovely meal. Yeah. All right? Rather than to spend 70 pounds to go and, you know, get something you never had. All right? A lot of people right now would... I, I did a training this morning. I spoke a brief story about Elon Musk. Elon Musk in 1990... Elon Musk in 1995, if I'm right here, 1995 went to his father and borrowed $28,000. And after borrowing $28,000, he then created Z2. That was then eventually uh, transitioned into a different business that was sold for $22 Then paper came. Then, you know, SpaceX. He went from borrowing 
you know, with creativity. You see, to 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 be so to be able to compact then then uh then paper, you know, the money from paper turning into uh, you know space, you know Tesla spaces and all these different things that's happened over his life. So what happens there? Did he stop? No. His creative mindset, first of all, allow him to keep creating. His creative mindset allowed him to keep leveraging. And his, his creative mindset allowed him to keep expanding his network. His creative mindset allowed him to become a person of value that the whole globe today recognizes. Him. He's one of the richest men existing right now. So as an entrepreneur, the skills you need to acquire to grow it's not, don't see what you're doing as a small business. Don't see what you're trying to do as for you. See it as whatever you're trying to build, you're going to inspire the next one, the next person that is in your environment. Long-term thinking, 100%. And this is where the vision comes into play and having the whatever it takes mindset to continue to you know persevere into that. Now, back again in terms of um, property, raising finance, and obviously debt. So today in our training, we spoke a lot on the word debt. And we have some few individuals saying, yeah, you know, explaining the good the difference between good debt and bad debt. Now, when it comes to property, um, you know, when it comes to people in general, they're easy and quickly to go into debt for things that doesn't add value to themselves. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to investing in property or investing in themselves, for some reason, there's some sort of pullback where they're like, no, I'd rather do that instead yeah. of investing in something that could potentially change their life. What would you say to those individuals in terms of, you know, the way you built your wealth, right? Majority of it is obviously through leverage and creativity. You OPM, using other people's money, therefore using, you know, banks' money, credit cards, you know, going to debt to build wealth. So explain that concept in terms of using debt to build wealth and how that creativity makes it, you know, it's a long-term trading strategy that the wealthy people are using. You know, look, think about this for a minute, right? <clears throat> There's a book called The Compounding Effect. Mm. On the Compounding Effect, all right, the book called Compounding Effect, what's happening in that book basically shows you that if you basically start to spend a pound every single day on coffee, seven days will get seven pounds. Yeah. If you time seven pounds, by 365 days, the amount that you spend on coffee with a pound will be astonishing. But if you go by drinking coffee for the next 10 years, the amount of money you would have spent drinking coffee will blow your mind completely. Does that make sense? So what we have been told is to borrow, get in debt, and service the debt. So meaning, for example, people have credit cards, people have overdraft, people take loans. So a lot of people would basically right now, maybe, you know, you're 20, you're less than 30 years old. Imagine maybe the mom, your aunties, your uncle starts saying, Kevin, when, 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 when is she coming? When is she coming? And then you find her and they say, oh yeah, let's all support you so you can get married. And then they give you thirty thousand pounds to go and do a wedding. Yeah, it's very common within the especially African within the African community. So now you've borrowed thirty thousand pounds of money you didn't have to acquire a wife, mm. which is you know if you want to really look at it, it's yeah, it's it's, 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 it's yeah, you acquired a wife now mm. because yes, you have to get married. Mm. All right, you've married. You know, to death do you pass. Yeah. Right. You both have acquired one another. Mm. Now. 
How many people have married and remained broke and poor for life? Whereas, you, you know, people should have actually said, okay, if you were a person of value and you were somebody that's full of creativity and you didn't have, you, you didn't got 30,000 pounds, all right, and then you found a way on how to use that 30,000 pounds to acquire yourself, for example, a mortgage, which is a good debt. Yeah. A mortgage here in this particular place, not where you live, mm. but a mortgage where, for example, a property that pays itself. So the 30,000 pounds that you'd have used for a wedding to acquire yourself a wife was then used to acquire an asset. So you then went, you bought an asset with the 30,000 pounds you got, you, you know, the family of giving it to do marriage. And then that money, you put a deposit down, you acquire the asset, then you put in a tenant and you continue to live at home. Now, let's just say for the sake of making this quite basic, because I don't want to go into the creative stuff right now. No. Let's just say that property got you one, all right? And in that year, you had one property. Then two years time, now you're probably, you're 24 or 25, right? And by the age of 26, two years later, you still was at home. Mortgage was being paid by the tenant. You're making some profit. Then you then went and you remortgaged that property. This is just basic terms. You took out, of, you probably, the property went up in value. Maybe you got another 30,000 pounds back. You've acquired another property. Then, Another two years' time, you acquired another property. By year five, you'd have acquired, if you're very quick, you would have acquired maybe two to three properties. Now, you have two to three properties that you have not acquired. Then you would say, okay, auntie, uncle, you know, here you go, this is your 50,000 pounds back. So this is your 30,000 pounds back. But now you now own three properties that probably is giving you each, let's just say for the sake of numbers, let's just say 500 pounds a month. So that would be three properties producing you 1,500 pounds. Now, you can also then choose to, you know, go back to the aunties and probably the same. Now, imagine you now have these three properties that's producing 1,500 pounds a month. You pay the auntie back and you can actually go back and say, okay, auntie, can I have the 30,000 pounds again? Let me now do a wedding since you guys love me, but this is what I've created. Do you know probably your aunties and uncles who've given you that 30,000 pounds who actually may probably just be so proud of you, what you've created with the money that you could have used to do marriage or get married and acquire the wife, that they know you're going to be married, you already built some level of wealth, got security and you got security, mm. and then you're actually a real man. That's it. You own three assets, they produce your cash flow, and plus now you have yourself a wife. But we've not been taught that. What we've been told is how to, we've been taught how to get in debt, yeah. how to have credit cards and go on holiday, how to, you know, I think the banks even offer wedding wedding loans. I'm not too sure. Yeah, they used to. They used to, yeah. the bank offers holiday loans. Uh, they offer marriage loans, even funeral loans. They used to offer it, but I don't, I'm not quite sure yeah. looking at it. I think I'm going to definitely research into it. Yeah, I think it's, either way, it's, it's done in purpose, right? They, they, they exactly. They hide the way they smell it because they don't want everyone to be creative and, you know, they don't want anyone to be at the top, if that makes sense. So they, this type of knowledge has been hidden and, you know, there's people like us and yourself, uh, using what the big boys are doing to, to win for ourselves. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, and, and this is one of the reasons why people should, should learn how to build wealth, how to create. I had a, I had a conversation with, I, I did an interview with Tim Bras. I think it's episode number 50 or episode number, if it was like episode number 50 or probably episode number 48 
or something. And Tim Brass basically break this down with myself when we discussed this, how he went to the bank, bank of mom and dad to build his wealth, to build his portfolio, yes. and now he built a business, a property portfolio that is worth almost a billion, half a billion dollars. His net worth is over 100, it's over 400, uh, over 400 million dollars. Most in the UK, we're quite negative about money, we're quite negative about being too over successful. Yeah. But once I discovered this, mm. my life literally just changed. Yeah, and I said, blazer, it just, yeah, it just, it just changed. Is it hard to do? <clears throat> yes, it's hard to do. Would people call it risky? Yes, it is risky. Yeah. For the sake of this podcast, by the way, this quick disclaimer, you know, make sure you speak to your own uh, financial advisor before you, you know, you know, what I'm saying is just my personal knowledge. No, you know, not advising anyone to do it. If you don't agree with it, obviously the methodology is how to do it. Great. So for me, it's very, very important that we have to start understanding that yes, we can actually borrow and grow rich yeah. or we can borrow and grow poor. Which one is it going to be? Mm. Well, so just on that note, as we wrap up on the topic and how to raise finance, how are some of the ways somebody can raise finance? So you mentioned a family member can give you some sort of a loan agreement for you to use and invest in property and build security for yourself and then refinance or make cash flow to then pay back. What are some of the other ways an individual that wants to get started in property or start a business but don't necessarily have the capital to do so and that's holding them back from taking action? What are some two or three ways that we know and we teach individuals on how to raise finance? Raising finance has never been easier. It's always been very easy to raise finance, but people want to raise People want to borrow the right person, the right money. Yeah. You cannot go through the steps if you haven't got knowledge. Of course. You know, I teach the property wealth creation formula in property wealth education where the most important part is knowledge. Yeah. And then the second most important part is having a plan. So you get knowledge, you set yourself a plan. And the plan could be what's going to happen in... 18 months, in 36 months, in the next five years. Because it's okay to borrow the money. It's okay to raise finance. It's okay to use the knowledge. If you don't have the plan of how you're going to, you know, be in a place where it's automatically just happened naturally five years later, then it doesn't work that way. So the two most important steps is that you do whatever it takes to have the knowledge and not just something you read in a book. You want to have the knowledge of someone who can become your mentor, somebody who can coach you, somebody who has done it for themselves and has the results and the evidence that they are doing it actively. Right. You know, and that is the first step. And then the second step I want to talk about is to have a plan. Mm. Because a lot of people can borrow money, but regardless, we don't know how to, to, to know how to invest yeah. it. Anybody can borrow money right now, but a lot of people don't know how to invest it. Same way where anybody can borrow money and then the next thing you see them do with the borrowed fund, it's a little good <laughs> lifestyle. All right? So you have to have a plan. You have to have a knowledge. And I teach this at Property Wealth Education. So for those of you who wants to know more about it, uh, there'll be a link around this video somewhere where you can actually book to watch one of our free masterclass and then take the appropriate actions. Fantastic. We do also offer um, a free consultation call where you can go on our website, www.propertyv.co.uk and just book a free consultation call. And it's just have an initial discussion in terms of where you are, what you're looking to do within the property space, and then see whether we can be some sort of value um, to you guys. So just wrapping up this episode, Dan, is there any final words you want to say? This is the first 
episode or podcast where I'm interviewing Dan in the near future. You know, we're going to be showing you guys a little bit more behind the scenes of what we do. And hopefully uh, more episodes of Arsenal will be coming out as well. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I just want to applaud you a lot because um, you're some individual that I've seen grow from step to step, from stage to stage. You know, just being on the opposite side today just shows that growth is something that is you know, <laughs> totally, totally, totally uh, awesome and powerful. And uh, in final words, I wouldn't say that it's just that. Remember this. If you're not growing, you're dying. Do whatever you can in your life to grow every single day. And finally, delete instant gratification mindset. Mm. Set a plan. All these gurus out there, you know, telling you can build wealth in one day or two days. No, Rome was never built in a day, but two steps leads to massive places. Little drops of water makes an ocean. So what you want to really do is to get knowledge, set yourself a plan. What does your life look like in the next five years if you really want to get into wealth creation? And I hope we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much, Kevin, for being my my host today. It, it's been an interesting one, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying this process. It's, it's a new stage for myself because I'm usually behind the scenes. Um, but, you know, I get why now you enjoy doing the episode and talking and giving value. We hope you know, we can continue to do so. You guys listening, so for those of you listening and watching, uh, make sure you like, comment, share. Uh, this podcast is available on all platforms Spotify, Amazon, YouTube. Um, so make sure you share um, this episode, and we look forward to seeing you on the next one. Take care.